Hello again. Well, in the last few minutes, one last protest ahead of the announcement of the budget 2024 has been getting underway in Dublin. The Cost of Living Coalition had encouraged as many people as possible to get onto the street. We can go live now to the city centre and to the reporter with the Press Association, Gráinne Nia. Gráinne, good afternoon to you. Hello, how are you? Good. Think people just gathering in the last few minutes, a bit of a delay. Is there what what, what are the numbers like? Um, it's small enough. I'd say there's a couple of dozen, uh, maybe a hundred or, or less at the protest. There's a mix of uh, a lot of young people. And from the people I was talking to, the uh, older generation have said that they're out here to support the younger generation. They're worried about housing. They're worried about how they're going to be able to afford uh, a roof over their heads as well as bills and as well as that a couple of teachers as well talking about uh, wages and struggling to keep up with that and um, there's a lot of flags from the various groups present at the protest Dublin Council of Trade Unions People for Profit of course and uh, Unite and there's a big placard of a vulture hovering over uh, the protest as well Alright and who are the Cost of Living Coalition? They're an amalgamation of various groups. Uh, the Union of Students of Ireland is in that group, uh, the Irish Senior Citizens uh, Parliament. Um, there are a couple of local kind of Forza groups and uh, involved as well, as, as well as uh, Extinction Rebellion, Enough is Enough and uh, Inclusion Ireland. So it's a, it's a wide uh, range of of different groups of people um, and that's kind of reflected in the numbers here today and the demographics as well. And from those you've been speaking to, anything specific they're asking for out of the budget on Tuesday? To be honest, I did ask about the budget, but a lot of people are talking about housing, which is, you know, and issues related to housing that are wider than budgetary measures. Teacher um, I spoke to said that the wages that they are on are just not enough to be able to afford to live in Dublin. Um, I spoke to a couple who said that their uh, two children who live in Dublin just can't afford housing. And, you know, the, the measure or those problems are kind of wider than just one budget. Uh, they see it as. Um, another person I spoke to said that they're part of a kind of a family support centre uh, in Dublin and that families are really struggling. It's really expensive to raise children, the cost of everything has gone up, wages have not gone up to match that and they see a lot of people struggling with that at the moment. Um, so they, they do mention the budget, this is obviously a pre-budget protest but the issues they're talking about are, are a little bit wider than that. And finally and briefly Gráinne, who's going to be addressing the march later on? Who do they expect to hear from? They're going to hear from the Union of Students of Ireland um, they're going to hear from uh, people before a profit of course. I see uh, Breach Smith. Um, has just uh, joined the top of the protest here today. And uh, they're also going to hear from the Irish uh, Senior Citizens Parliament as well. All right. Gráinne a reporter with the Press Association. Thanks very much. Now back to my political panel here in studio, who are Neil Richmond, Minister of State at the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment, and Fine Gael TD for Dublin Rathdown, Roisin Shortall, Social Democrats TD for Dublin Northwest, and Verona Murphy, Independent TD for Wexford. Good afternoon to you all. Thanks very much for coming in and joining us today. Uh, to you first, Neil Richmond, the major issue, as Gronje and Nia said there out on that protest, is the issue of housing. But in terms of the specific measures uh, in the budget, we've heard from party colleagues, fellow junior ministers of a tax cut amounting to about €1,000 that's been heavily trailed in advance of that budget. Is that really such a priority when there are other such major issues that maybe a bigger amount of government resources would actually be able to solve? 
Well, I don't think we're going to solve anything in one budget. But what we've said quite clearly is that we recognise people are struggling with increasing bills, with increasing rents, and we want to put money back in their pocket. And the easiest way to do that is with a tax cut and a cut to universal social charge aimed primarily at that squeeze middle, middle, those people who are struggling the most. We will ultimately see massive investment in housing in this budget. The last budget we saw the largest amount of funding for social housing since the 1970s. We'll see that repeated. The biggest issue to bring down rents, to bring down the cost of housing, to get people on the property ladder is supply. And that's why both commencements and completions across the state, particularly in my own constituency, are up 16, 20% on the last year. We're going to do more of that in the next budget, that internal help. But at the same time, we're going to have a budget that will be heavily based on investment, on increased spending, but there will be an element of a taxation package and there needs to be. Okay, but the the Central Statistics Office figures show that 6.7 billion euro was saved by people in the second quarter of this year. On the other hand, there are figures showing that there are people, I think over half of adults in Ireland, say they would struggle if they were presented with an unexpected bill of €1,000. Now, how can you be confident that it's the strugglers are going to benefit from the budget on Tuesday and that the people who are part of the story that is saving €6.7 billion can be told maybe to join the queue and wait till their need is greater? Well, I think if you look over the last five years, the person earning the average industrial wage in this country has seen €3,500 worth of taxation cuts. They've been able to put that €3,500 to meet the cost of childcare, to meet the energy bills, to meet the everyday costs. That one-off, it could be a piece of work needed on a house or a car or something like that one-off bill. But we're equally, Colm, and this is the thing, this isn't the only thing we're going to do in the budget. We're going to have over €6 billion worth of spending on capital infrastructure, on an increase um, to social welfare payments, to pensioners, to carers, to those who are disabled. We're going to see more funding into all those resources, into the people who cater for them, increase public transport. If we were only doing one small income tax cut alone, I'd take your point, but this is a far wider um, stretching budget, one of the largest will have ever been put together in the history of the state. All right. Well, but somebody who's paying 50,000 euro is pay or somebody who's paid 50,000 euro is paying 1500 euro in universal social charge per annum. Somebody paying 112,000 euro is paying 6,100 in universal social charge per annum. So, it's a progressive tax. If you cut it, you're enabling the person on 112,000 to save more whilst making very little difference to the person on 50,000 to be able to meet those unexpected bills that the Behaviour and Attitude Survey highlighted. Well, how we've approached USC over the last number of budgets since we started cutting it in 2014 is to target those on the smaller incomes first to lift up um, the levels whereby people actually come in and take it. Yes, it is a progressive tax, but it's also a very tough tax. I mean, you have to make a decision at the end of the week of the 50 euro or 20 euro that you have left over knowing that you're going to get a little bit more money back in your pocket over a thousand euro in taxation and USA charges makes a huge difference particularly those people across the country who aren't going to benefit from any other direct payments from the state it's an opportunity it's a small measure but part in the wider side of the budget it will be impactful All right, Roisin Shortall your party the Social Democrats is not looking at cutting the universal social charge but you are talking about spending considerably more than this government Well, just to respond to the Minister, first of all, the Minister says we can't solve all the problems in one budget. This is your fourth budget, fourth budget of this government. You have been in government, Fine Gael have been in government for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that when you look at the figures, the gap between the better off and the, the less well off is widening all the time. 
And that's what your tax policies have done. They've ensured that the people who earn most get most out of budgets. Now, that is not progressive. It's not fair. We're talking about needing a fair tax system. And, you know, Fine Gael and increasingly others in government seem to be absolutely obsessed with the idea of cutting taxes for the better off. And you have that track, re- track record of doing that. Look, in a situation like this, where you approach the budget, what should be happening is that you look at the problems, the big problems facing the country, and you look at how you can use resources to solve those problems. And that's the fair way of doing right. it. It's the sustainable way of doing I just, it. I just want to let Neil Richmond respond to the point that uh, about the tax cuts benefiting the better off. Yeah, I completely reject it when these tax cuts will be targeted, most importantly, and the people who do benefit most are that squeeze middle. And respectfully, Roisin, you're talking about increasing taxation across across your pre-budget and increasing spending to record amounts in one go simply to make a short-term decision that in two years' time people are going to be paying for with reduced services. That's absolutely not true. No, it's careless. We've been told... Sorry, sorry, no, no, we've been, I've gone through your pre-budget submission. Just, 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 just the numbers are clear, Roisin, yeah, and they, they fly in the face in the recommendation that we don't spend everything in give one us, go. Give, give a specific example of what you're talking about and I'll let Roisin short well, we took respond there. in terms of taxation increases, the massive call for capital gains taxation. But what I'm really concerned about is the level of spending that the Social Democrats have put in, which is about... It was about €9 billion Euro no, over not. what it's recommended. No, no, it's, it's, no it's, a, it's £7 billion. £7 Government billion is Euro, talking. Including, including the increase. Roisin, I've gone sorry, through what the horizon. What do you mean by that? The, the balance you have of increased taxation and massive levels of spending, you have to admit, no, no, they're no, over no, the government. There's, there's oh, a okay, distinction be, between you know, the, the increased uh, spending that we're proposing, and that's about, about €7 billion. Euro. And we have separate proposals for, for the, the surplus, which the government has as well. Yeah. And, and we're talking about having sustainable spending so that, you know, we, we, okay, we, we solve the, the problems, issue. the big problems in this country, whether that's the absence of disability services, the absence of affordable housing, you know, the fact that people have to wait so long to access health care. The fact that right. at this stage we still don't have free but education. Roshin, we're putting massive we resources into that, we, Roshin, no, no, but at the same no, time sorry, you, you've had your chance. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I know, but I have just, to respond no, no. when you're no, no. making hang these hang wild Hang on a second, just one. Has, has your budget, Roshin Shortall, your alternative budget, taken cognizance of the figures that are looking at a, a fall-off in corporation tax the uh, advice of the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council, the caution sounded by the ESRI as well, and the future need to uh, introduce climate mitigation funding. Are all of those priced uh, into your absolutely, budget? Absolutely, Colin. And if you give me a minute, I just want to say... Very briefly, because uh, I have yeah, to okay, get to I just, want, I just want to say, say what we're doing in relation to the surplus. The government is talking about the rainy day fund. Now, what we're proposing is a €5 billion euro from the surplus for a climate mitigation fund. Right. Now, that is the ultimate rainy day fund. You know, if we spend on, on climate mitigation, there will be huge savings All in right. the future I, I, and there is huge potential in wind energy. Right. We, I, I, we will I, also avoid the kind of go, penalties that we'll be facing if we don't deal with that. She hasn't been in yet and, uh, and, and in fairness, I want to hear her view on this. Universal social charge, Verona Murphy, personal taxation, other spending areas. Now, there's been an indication that one of the subjects you've been uh, interested in, excise, for example, that there won't be an upward movement on that. But on universal social charge, where do you stand on that? A a cut that would give a modest amount to somebody in their weekly wages or 
the use of that money elsewhere where it might make a bigger difference? No, I don't believe we should have the universal social charge. And Neil's own Taoiseach said eight years ago... Scrap it altogether. Scrap it, absolutely. It was five brought. billion that would cost. But it's five billion that we have if we would look at the actual waste in other departments. I sit on the Public Accounts Committee. We have multiples in wastage, believe it or not. And here, this institution, which I won't be popular, surely for saying it, is one such example. RTE, wastage has to stop and government has to make people accountable. Sure, but RTE doesn't, doesn't affect, RTE doesn't affect the, the public finances. Well, to it the does on of, the basis that To the that tune if, of five billion. Well, no, but if I said all of the wastage was accounted for, the universal social charge was something brought in through austerity times. We are living through the most prosperous times and government have no idea how to cure or solve What's the What's the biggest source of wastage in the public service that would make up the large proportion of that 5 billion euro that is gained through health, the universal social charge? without a shadow of a doubt. Health. There's no doubt about it. The housing crisis has but to be... But what's the waste? There, there is an overrun, there but the overrun has been put down to inflation, uh, wage increases, the hangover from the COVID, The administration of, of the entire organisation of the HSE in which Roisin will be far more experienced in, but the reality is that it is a structure that doesn't work and it's where it's a black hole. I want to go back to the point of where we're talking about a thousand euro tax cut. This has been lauded as something that's going to actually be applauded by middle income I can tell you that I got a phone call last night to point out, which I already knew myself, that your thousand cut will mean 19 euros 90 per week for somebody who is on a middle income and paying through the nose for petrol, diesel, two cars, childcare, struggling with energy costs, struggling and on the bones of 75,000 per annum. Whereas somebody on social welfare and the muted increase, which is badly needed also, of 10 to 12 euros and a bonus at Christmas spread across a weekly a weekly average is 30 euros of an increase to social welfare recipients, whilst the squeeze middle pay out all of their costs and are left with less residual income. And I take your point, Verona. But if it's that not was, a point, it's no, the no, truth. Yeah, no, but if that was all we were doing, fine. Last year we cut the cost of childcare by 25%. We'll cut it again this, drove this year. Drove up the cost last of housing, year, drove up the cost of petrol, year, drove up your degouging government. Housing. Of We've course you did, you added it. Housing prices yeah, actually came down for most of this year. But the second point, and this thing, we saw energy credit schemes brought in last year, we'll see them again this year. For lots of people most people are in arrears energy When people are struggling and they're trying to work their time, I'm trying to make the key point that this budget yes there will be a much needed taxation in USC cut but it's only a very small right, part okay. of it does it pay to one the balance is far greater in terms of spending does it pay I want to quote Cliff Taylor from today's Irish Times who referred to the nonsense debates about abolishing universal social charge look it brings in 5 billion euro it, it, so is, does it is the most progressive tax that we have in this country. It is also a tax that, that is levied on all income. So it makes tax evasion much more difficult. Now, I want to hear from people who are saying that they, they want to abolish the USC. I want them to tell me what services, tell the public what services are you going to cut? I think it, it really is quite disingenuous, Verona, I have to say, to say we, we, we'll make that up. We'll make up the five billion from waste. 
yes, of course, there's waste right across uh, our economy and we should be tackling that. But don't pretend to people that you can abolish the but universal Roshan, social charge. But you've got to charge. look at our competitiveness. The fact that we have universal social charge and as is pointed out by Cullum, how much it affects those who are under the 30,000 bracket. Okay, okay, so, For, so one what, second what now, sorry. All the services well, if you let me finish, then I let you come in. If you let me finish, it's the services are not being run properly. It's not, the answer is not always just financial in the services. From a wastage perspective, but throwing money at them will not make them better. And that's proven through the HSE. From an equitable point of view, uh, Verona Murphy, somebody on €112,000 pays €6,000 in universal social charge. Somebody on €50,000 pays €1,500 in universal social charge. That's what I just said. The benefit... The benefit to the person on €112,000 from abolishing the universal social charge is far that greater than any lower That value. doesn't mean the universal social charge is a progressive tax. It means that it's there, we pay it and it goes towards all of these black holes. It means it's a fair tax and people pay according to their means. But the point is that it was introduced as a medium term measure to get us okay. out of okay. a very but, dark but place. I, I, I just it's want to make a point there. about okay. it. in relation to, to income tax. Minister Neil Richmond, you did fight the last election on the basis of abolishing what I think was called the hated universal social charge. It wasn't the last election actually, I think it was 2016 and we didn't get the numbers, Colm, to be quite frank. We haven't got an overall majority, I wish we did. Um, we're in a situation now in a coalition government, the USC is baked into the finances, we're not in a position to abolish it. Roshan, I agree with you, it would cost 5 billion euro, that's an awful lot of money but we do, we do have the resources to reduce it, particularly for those who are on the lowest incomes at this stage but to match that with investment into the services right. and resources. Well, even Before we go back to the rest of it, I, I just want to ask you a, a question. So th- the benefit to people in terms of their weekly paycheck will be marginal, but there are people who are reliant on services for whom investment would make an existential difference, like people, for example, who are reliant on services with disabilities. Now, earlier this year, uh, in in May, there was a number of parents of children, adults, their adult children with disabilities who have absolutely no idea what services they will have after the parents pass on. And it is a source of serious worry to them. And a number of them rang into Liveline and here's what they had to say. Angelina, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Colm. Tell us about Edward. Um, well, I'm a, a single parent and I live alone with my um, autistic son and Edward is 30 years of age. And um, um, I've, like my concerns are it's just uh, the lack of funding uh, and support made available, you know, from the HSC and Department of Health, Health, and like, like I'm a parent uh, who's in fear of my son's future and what could happen to him in my passing. Uh, Joan, what what are you looking for in terms of future planning for your son's needs? Well, like that first lady, I would love for him to get a place in assisted living, and so and to have a gradual, you know, um, phase of going. In and so he gets used to it. And then if something happened to me, then he would have this other life and he'd be, you know, he'd be okay. Deirdre, you're in the same boat. It's it's basically, we get no answers. Uh, the budget is not there or 
it's, it's generally, I suppose, the budget. We, we really don't get anything definitive. All we want at the moment is a plan for case, but there is no plan and there's no mention of a plan. Everything is crisis managed. Minister Neil Richmond, when the Minister for Finance stands up next Tuesday and delivers a budget and those parents go to service providers afterwards and say, well, is the money there yet? If they're told no again, is that politically moral and is it sustainable? Well, I have absolute confidence that when the budget is delivered on Tuesday, that those services, no services going for firstly going to see a cut in funding. They will see an increase in funding. They will also an increase in um, the disability benefit and the carers benefit they receive. It is absolutely our priority. The vast majority of this budget is tilted to increase in terms of services and increase in capital investment. Oh, I'm, those the people who spoke to Liveline during the summer. I have many in my own constituency. We also need their more earlier identifies. So that means in terms of bringing in more assessment earlier on. But there will be more funding, and I know that. And very much we want to make sure that the schemes are there and the people to implement it because funding's only as good right. as the but people. Wh- the where's the money better spent? Twenty quid in someone's weekly paycheck, or dealing with the worry that those parents have who some of them, when they rang in, it's not in that tape, said they hoped their adult children would predecease them so that they wouldn't, so that, that there wouldn't be this worry about what was going to be left after they died. Cullum, it is not a binary choice. We're not putting one over the other. We will continue to fund and increase funding in those services and the resources. Cullum, so, 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 well so, okay. it's really important that this is understood. Last year, a budget was delivered that was mainly spin. We got millions of pounds worth towards the home care support package. That was never spent because we don't have the bodies on the ground to deliver it. Even if that poor woman, and I have great experience of this because in Wexford, we have the highest numbers within Section 39s who are looking for residential care. We can't deliver it because we don't have the manpower. Money, as I've said previously, is not always the answer. We're paying agency staff in the HSE in figures touching almost hundreds right. of millions. Just, stop whilst there. We just, have, just briefly, just let if me finish people are reliant this, on Section 39 organisations, Section 39 organisations would say it is a money issue and yes. some of the money issue is causing the manpower issue and maybe some exactly. of that five billion could solve that. I don't disagree on that front, but in general, our services and the deficits, we don't have residential housing because we can't staff them. Now, I have to finish this. We are exporting our best talent in Australia, somebody phoned me, out of 11 nurses in an ICU in a hospital in Australia, nine of them were Irish. We're paying agency staff, paying for permits. You've made the point about the agency staff. Roshan Shorter, once upon a time, health was your bailiwick. Where do you think the the five billion would be better spent? Dealing with some of the concerns we've just heard from or providing cuts. Obviously, you, you, you support it. Some of it being spent here. Are there specific measures factored into your alternative budget there, to deal with those concerns? There are, absolutely. But I just want to say the, the question for everybody in politics for this budget is what kind of country do we want? Do we want a country that has, you know, second rate, third rate public services where people, you know, whether it's people you know, depending on the state for disability services, adults or children, the children's disability services are threadbare. Whether it's people who, you know, the huge and growing problem sure, that we have in relation to child poverty. Is there a, specific line, is there a specific line in your alternative budget that is, addre- that is designed to address the very point that was raised by those parents? Absolutely. In rela- we have provided additional funding for specifically for disability services. Uh, the second proposal that we have is in relation to a cost of disability 
disability payment. Uh, there is no cost of disability at the moment. If a person has a, a disability, whether they're a child or an adult, there are substantial additional costs involved with that. We're proposing a 30 euro a week uh, additional uh, p- new payment for cost of disability. I'm sorry. In rela- sorry, may I finish? In relation to children's disability services, obviously the Section 39 issue is absolutely central to that. But look, we have to ask ourselves, why is there this obsession with tax cuts? You know, what no, the government... May I just make one point yeah. in relation to that? Very in relation to, to income tax. I mean, what those three ministers of state were talking about during the year, that's, you know, giving additional money in tax cuts to the better off, including ministers of state. All right. Like, okay. I don't believe that right. anybody no, 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 earning point, over 100,000 should get a tax break or Neil a cash Richmond. payment. I'm not going to personalise this like Roshan seems to want to. But it's quite clear that we have an economy and a state that is going well but can do better. We will have a decent, good budget on Tuesday that, yes, crucially puts the vast majority of the resources into the state, into funding programmes, into providing support. Just let him finish. your ocean, I'll let you speak at length. But we will also put a bit of money back into people's pockets who are dealing with very things. And just one point that I must make. I said, can I make one point, Roisin? You can't just keep butting in when you don't like what I'm saying. Verona, you said our best and brightest are leaving. Over the last three years... 80,000 Irish people left, 90,000 Irish people returned. The majority of people are staying in the state. We keep hearing this, not respectfully, not from Verona, from other politicians, that there's this massive emigration drain. It's not true. We have net inward migration. We have more Irish people returning because they want to work here, they want to be part of the economy than leaving. And I think that's a point that we just have to clear up at this Well, stage. it's not something I'm hearing on the ground. But and the I can statistics, tell you, if, Verona, well, if matter. if you let me finish, you were the very one who didn't want to interrupt anybody. The reality of this is we have nobody to do the work. You can deliver, you can spin your budget out of existence. It's about delivery. And nine times out of ten, I'm four years elected. You can't deliver because there's nobody to provide the services. And End isn't that mainly and because of the housing the, crisis? Correct. It yeah. all comes back to it. Absolutely. Housing is a, a And key I've given feature. you several ideas. I've talked about planning policy since being elected. You've refused to look at planning policy. We are ahead of our time with planning policy. It's time to go back and start to build viably because now you're firing taxpayers money at apartments costing 500,000 to build that nobody can get a mortgage for. So we're just going to... Meanwhile, state lands are lying idle. Why can't we build affordable housing on state lands? One voice we haven't heard from yet is listeners to the programme. Uh, Two people texting in. (laughs) On either side of the universal social charge debate, the universal social charge, says Bridget, is the fairest tax of the lot. Everyone should contribute something, no matter how small, to the upkeep of the state. If we remove it from certain sections of society, then the so-called squeezed middle will end up paying even more for everything. And another texter saying the USC was intended as a temporary tax block capitals during the crash. No matter how much money it brings in, the government should do the honourable thing and abolish it. And we should just learn to live with what we have or we'll less. Roisin Shorter, the health budget overrun um, of in excess of a billion. Now, some of it has been put down to inflation. There's obviously public service pay increase as well, which may have been factored into it. But it doesn't look like it's going to go downward and there will be a knock-on effect of that. Do you think that's to be expected and do you think the bigger budget is justified or do you think 
there is there are savings that could be made. Is it, look, there's always savings to be made and greater efficiencies right across services. You know, nobody denies that and we should always have that in mind. But it, it's not true to say that that is, you know, is justification for cutting funding for services. Look, what happened in the, the health budget, and this was, you know, made clear from a very early stage last fe- February and March. It was clear that the budget that was allocated was not going to meet the level of need. You're talking about the discussions between the Department of Health and the HSE. Absolutely, yeah. And the HSE pointed this out. A growing population, significantly growing population, an ageing population, an element of reform and the removal of more and more charges, which is a positive thing. And the the budget did not meet that. All right. So if the HSE had a realistic assessment, assessment of what the spend was and the Department of Health didn't factor that in, maybe it's not an overrun, maybe it's just reality. Well, the reality is that we have nearly 7,000 children who haven't been assessed for autism on a waiting list. If we were to assess them and provide the services, you'd probably need to double the health budget. And we also have hundred we have 600 children in Wexford so waiting for autism. What should we do about autism. the list? But the, the point the, is that the, the list, isn't, list. The sure, list is growing no matter how much money we're putting in. Okay. So and, 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 we just, have to look at a root and branch There are other countries just ask per capita paying there, there has less been, yeah. and with a far more progressive health service. Sure, but it, it has been described this the, the, the money is spent in health, Neil Richmond, as problematic. It was clearly implied by the Minister for Finance that there was going to be knock-on effects in the spending of other departments as a result of this being characterised as an overrun. Maybe the HSE's view of the funding was just accurate and the Department of Health wasn't and characterising it as an overrun is a mischaracterisation. No, because it's factually and statistically is an overrun. You know, the budget was given out, the budget's gone over by 1.1 billion euro, therefore it is an overrun. The reasons why are manifold. You rightly cite inflation, increased use, increased beyond anyone's projections, and that has to be reassessed through this year's budget. Um, Ultimately, no one's going to see a cut to their funding this year. It's as if we're back in 2009 talking about austerity budgets. We will see more funding for every single government department. We're going to see more funding for every person in the state. But that's what the state provides. What about the minimum wage which is in in your bailiwick Mm. and employers will be expected to pay I think it's been speculated as though an extra 140 in the minimum wage would you support that? Well that's the recommendations made made to the government with the low pay commission it's still under review the government's position is quite clear we are moving towards living wage all our employers who I meet with on a regular basis that has been flagged that there will be a steady crease but the one thing I will say Colm we acknowledge that the move to a living wage which is right and any increases um, to the minimum wage in addition to increased employer costs be it in terms of sick pay pension and auto enrolment we know they come at a cost for employers and that's why we when I say we me and particularly Simon Coveney and Dara Cleary will be delivering something in the budget on Tuesday that will recognise those costs for employers and give them something back to meet what are very real but very necessary rising costs Alright I just want to ask you um, there was news announced overnight that the GRA and uh, Garda Management have reached some kind of an agreement that will see industrial action on Tuesdays throughout the month of October suspended. Budget obviously coming up next Tuesday and normally people gather outside the Dáil. I'll get to the rest of the panel on this as well. Is it a source of relief, if only for that reason alone, that that industrial action has now been deferred? No, my least concern, to be honest, were protests on Budget Day. I was far more concerned with Halloween, to be honest, one of the busiest night of the year for our Guardian and emergency services. But I'm very glad that negotiations resumed. That's been the government line throughout. Also discussions with uh, AGSI uh, to happen on Monday. And I think there will be a resolution to this very soon. Were you going to be dressing up in anything in particular that you thought might make you a target? 
<laughs> I'd be tempted to say something, but I won't. Roisin Shortall, what are you glad to see that industrial peace has been restored to Angarda Shikana? I'm not sure I'd go that far, I have to say. At least, you know, the logjam has been broken and there are talks now getting underway and that's really important. I mean, the concerns about the the new roster have been around for quite some time. And I think in many ways they were left to fester, Um, you know, and and there wasn't the kind of communication and cooperation between the the commissioner and the the rank and file guard. I'm glad now that there's movement on that and they can get around a table and hammer this thing out. All right. You dressing up as anything for Halloween yourself? (laughs) I wouldn't thought that far. All right. Verona Murphy, the Gardaí and and then Halloween. What are your thoughts on both of them? Well, Halloween, like Roisin, I haven't thought that far ahead. But I think, yes, I am glad to see progress. But I do believe that there's a lot of harm being done, particularly at morale level in Angardish Econa. And I am quite concerned that we face a recruitment crisis that's going to go on for quite a while. But I'm glad to see progress has been made. All right.